Lester Willis Young, August 27, 1909, March 15, 1959, nicknamed Prez or Prez, was an American jazz tenor saxophonist and occasional clarinetist. Coming to prominence while a member of Count Basie's orchestra, Young was one of the most influential players on his instrument. In contrast to many of his hard-driving peers, Young played with a relaxed, cool tone and used sophisticated harmonies, using what one critic called a free-floating style, wheeling and diving like a gull, banking with low, funky riffs that pleased dancers and listeners alike. Known for his hip, introverted style, he invented or popularized much of the hipster jargon which came to be associated with the music. Lester Young was born in Wilkinson County Woodville, Mississippi, on August 27, 1909. His mother was Lizetta Young, née Johnson, and his father was Willis Handy Young, originally from Louisiana. Lester had two siblings Leonidas Raymond, who became a drummer, and Irma Cornelia. He grew up in a musical family. His father was a teacher and band leader, and several other relatives performed professionally. Born into a musical family on the 27th of August 1909, Willis Lester Young came from Mississippi Young. His sister Irma and brother Lee were predominantly raised by his mother, a teacher, in Algiers, across the river from New Orleans. His father was a multi-instrumentalist who favored trumpet, taught piano to a youthful Ben Webster. Many relatives in the extended family played in a band. His mother played baritone saxophone. Lee played soprano saxophone, Irma played C tenor saxophone, the band of cousins, aunts and uncles added up to ten saxophonists in total. While growing up in New Orleans, he worked from the age of five to make money for the family. He sold newspapers and shin shoes. By the time he was ten, he had learned the basics of trumpet, violin, and drums, and joined the young family band touring with carnivals and playing in regional cities in the southwest in his teens. He and his father clashed, and he often left home for long periods. Young left the family band in 1927 at the age of 18 because he refused to tour in the southern United States, where Jim Crow laws were in effect and racial segregation was required in public facilities. He became a member of the Bostonians, led by Art Bronson and chose tenor saxophone over alto as his primary instrument. He made a habit of leaving, working, then going home. He left home permanently in 1932 when he became a member of the Blue Devils led by Walter Page. Young's style was the traditional swing style that will always be linked with Basie's bands. Several famous musicians including Charlie Parker, Dexter Gordon, and Al Cohn were greatly influenced by Young. A majority of the songs Young played while in the Basie band were 32-bar blues with an alba structure. When he began recording on his own, he mixed together ballads, blues, and moderate and fast-tempo alba structure tunes. He gradually moved toward his famous soft tone that inspired, most notably, Stan Getz. In the late 1950s, Lester began to have health problems. While he was on tour, he continued to record and make concert and festival appearances and was featured on television's The Sound of Jazz in 1957. In these final years his health was slowly deteriorating, and his band broke up. Lester went on tour with Miles Davis, but was very disheartened to receive bad ratings. Despite this recent downfall, 
the Encyclopedia Yearbook of Jazz named Lester Young the greatest tenor saxophone ever in 1956. Young had taken to drinking excessively and wasn't eating well. It is likely that the disrespect he was beginning to receive led him to drink even more. Young had other complications including an untreated case of syphilis. He was admitted to a hospital in 1957 and was treated for malnutrition, alcoholism, and cirrhosis of the liver. The doctors told Young he didn't have much longer to live. He returned home in 1958 and was actually able to tour again briefly. Lester Young passed away on March 15, 1959. According to Ken Burns and his film series for PBS on jazz, Young's creed was simple, you've got to be original, man. Yet he rose in the ranks of the big bands during the age of jazz conformity. Burns adds, Young's fierce individualism, no less than his liquid tone, distinguished him from the ensemble as the essence of cool. He swung like mad, but he stayed cool. He went off on his own in the 40s, and over nearly 20 years his inimitable legato phrasing spawned hundreds of imitators. They spoke, in the early 50s, of the birth of the cool. Ken Burns says that Lester Young was its daddy. Sweetness is what Young was all about. When he started to gain attention, the dominant style of the day was the aggressive, hard-driving saxophone of Coleman Hawkins. But Young played in the upper range of his tenor in a lyrical, relaxed style. He had marvelous sensitivity and taste, says Dan Morginston, who wrote the book Living in Jazz. Never played a tasteless note in his life. Morginston, who met Young in 1958, says the saxophonist always told a story in his solos, in an original way. He had this floating style, where he would kind of float above the rhythm. He was like an acrobat, Morginston says. And, you know, at the same time, his melodic imagination was so marvelous. The combination of rhythm and melody nobody else quite ever had that. Are you ready to swing? Because swing is what Lester Young is all about. Even after the experience of being drafted into the army and the subsequent harsh treatment he received nothing could take that away from President if you want to hear how good Lester Young is just listen to his recording of almost like being in love with Oscar Peterson. It is the perfect record to play anyone who wants to hear Lester Young's lightness of touch. When Lester plays, he almost seems to be singing, one can almost hear the words. Billy Holiday. Despite being taught by his father, Young avoided learning to read music, instead playing by ear. My father got me an alto out of the pawn shop and I just picked it up and started playing it, that's the way that went. Frustrated, his father threw him out the family band for a while. According to Lester, I went away and learned how to read the music. And, I came back in the band and played this music. Young's parents divorced when he was 10 years old, after which his father sent his sister to abduct the children while their mother was out, after which they were taken on the road with the band, the children did not see their mother for years. Young played for his father from 1919 first on drums, taking up the alto saxophone when he was 13 years old. He left the band when he was 17, after refusing to tour the South. Finding work with other touring outfits. Young changed first to baritone saxophone then tenor saxophone in 1928, while with Art Bronson's Bostonians. 
He joined a string of bands ending up in Walter Page's Blue Devils and their spin-off, 13 Original Blue Devils. After touring with Clarence Love and King Oliver in 1933, Young moved to Kansas City to play with the Benny Moten George Ely Band. Young sat in with the visiting Fletcher Henderson Band at the Cherry Blossom, to substitute for their star soloist Coleman Hawkins who was absent, when Hawkins went to tour Europe, Young joined Henderson's band. He was chided by his bandmates for not sounding like Hawkins and soon quit to join Andy Kirk's band. Next, Young joined Count Basie, making his recording debut in 1936, on Shoeshine Boy, with Joan Smith Incorporated, a quintet formed from Basie's orchestra. A few months later he played on his first record with Billie Holiday in 1937 as part of Teddy Wilson's orchestra. Young's unique, cool style, intentionally playing high in the register on the tenor, set him apart from the majority of other saxophonists who had modeled themselves on Hawkins. Critic Benny Green described the difference, where Hawkins is profuse, Lester is pithy, where Hawkins is passionate, Lester is reflective. Young's style gave rise to the Charlie Parker lineage and was fundamental to the development of pop and cool jazz. He also had a flair for fashion wearing double-breasted suits and pork pie hats. Young's whole image reeked of cool. In 1933 Young settled in Kansas City, where after playing briefly in several bands, he rose to prominence with Count Basie. His playing in the Basie band was characterized by a relaxed style which contrasted sharply with the more forceful approach of Coleman Hawkins, the dominant tenor sax player of the day. One of Young's key influences was Frank Trumbeer, who came to prominence in the 1920s with Paul Whiteman and played the C melody saxophone, between the alto and tenor in pitch. In September 1944 Young and Joe Jones were in Los Angeles with the Basie Band when they were inducted into the U.S. Army. Unlike many white musicians, who were placed in band outfits such as the ones led by Glenn Miller and Artie Shaw, Young was assigned to the regular army where he was not allowed to play his saxophone. Based in F.T. McClellan, Alabama, Young was found with marijuana and alcohol among his possessions. He was soon court-martialed. Young did not fight the charges and was convicted. He served one traumatic year in a detention barracks and was dishonorably discharged in late 1945. His experience inspired his composition D.B. Blues, with D.B. standing for detention barracks. Young arrived in 1930s Kansas City, a mecca of jazz activity and played with various bands including the Benny Moten and Fletcher Henderson orchestras and in 1936 he joined Count Basie's ensemble. The association with Basie yielded a combination of big band and small group sides, where Lester's solos stood out amongst the likes of fellow tenor Herschel Evans. Selections such as Taxi War Dance and the I Got Rhythm-based Lester Leaps In were showcases for his sound and ideas. Young played with Basie until 1949 with a military stint in between where he was drafted and later found guilty of marijuana use. Young toured with jazz at the Philharmonic, and his tone and ideas took a darker shade. In 1957, Young was reunited with Basie on the historic Count Basie at Newport album and captured in fine form on several numbers including the aforementioned Lester Leaps In, and alongside additional guest Roy Eldridge on the 9-minute one o'clock jump.
Another of Lester Young's most notable collaborations was with vocalist Billie Holiday. They had a very strong friendship, and their rapport is beautifully captured on the landmark film The Sound of Jazz in 1957. Young had like others before him moved to Europe, and he returned to the United States, passing away at the youthful age of 49. Young's impact on the jazz scene cannot be overstated. Young's style was an alternative to those who idolized Charlie Parker, Sonny Rollins and the approaches which firmly established them in the still-blossoming jazz vocabulary. Tenor players such as Stan Getz, Hank Mobley, Alcone and Zoot Zims were direct disciples of Young. Charlie Parker admitted that Young was a huge early influence, and Big Tone Dexter Gordon frequently liked to incorporate some of Young's lines in his solos. Paul Quinichette a most known for his bassy stint was nicknamed Vice Prez because his tone and lines uncannily resembled Young's. A good example of hearing the Lester Young influenced tenor alongside more modern exponents like John Coltrane are the prestige albums Tenor Conclave, 1956, featuring Coltrane, Mobley, Sims, and Cohn, in addition to Catton with Coltrane and Quinichette, 1957. Through players of that magnitude, Prez's legacy lived and Young's career after World War II was far more prolific and lucrative than in the pre-war years in terms of recordings made, live performances, and annual income. Young joined Norman Granz's jazz at the Philharmonic, JATP, troupe in 1946, touring regularly with them over the next 12 years. He made many studio recordings under Granz's supervision as well including more trio recordings with Nat King Cole. Young also recorded extensively in the late 1940s for Aladdin Records where he had made the Cole recordings in 1942, and for Savoy 1944, 1949 and 1950, some sessions of which included Basie on piano. While the quality and consistency of his playing ebbed gradually in the latter half of the 1940s and into the early 1950s, he also gave some brilliant performances during this stretch. Especially noteworthy are his performances with Jack Pin 1946, 1949, and 1950. With Young at the 1949 JATP concert at Carnegie Hall with Charlie Parker and Roy Eldridge, and Young's solo on Lester Leaps in at that concert is a particular standout among his performances in the latter half of his career. Young left the Basie band to replace Hawkins in Fletcher Henderson's orchestra. He soon left Henderson to play in the Andy Kirk band, for six months, before returning to Basie. While with Basie, Young made small group recordings for Milt Gabler's Commodore Records, the Kansas City Sessions. Although they were recorded in New York, in 1938, with a reunion in 1944, they are named after the group the Kansas City Seven, and comprised Buck Clayton, Dickie Wells, Basie, Young, Freddie Green, Rodney Richardson, and Joe Jones. Young played clarinet as well as tenor in these sessions. Young is described as playing the clarinet in a liquid, nervous style. As well as the Kansas City Sessions, his clarinet work from 1938 to 1939 is documented on recordings with Basie, Billie Holiday. Basie Small Groups, and the organist Glenn Hardman. Billy and Lester met at a Harlem Jam session in the early 30s and worked together in the Count Basie Band and in nightclubs on New York's 52nd Street. 
At one point Lester moved into the apartment Billy shared with her mother, Sadie Fagan. Holiday always insisted their relationship was strictly platonic. She gave Lester the nickname Prez after President Franklin Roosevelt, the greatest man around in Billy's mind. Playing on her name, the would call her Lady Day. Their famously empathetic classic recordings with Teddy Wilson date from this era. After dodging the draft, Young was tracked down in 1944 by an FBI man posing as a jazz fan. He was forced to join the army, despite his unsuitability as a chronic alcoholic, and a heavy marijuana user. Young and Billy Holiday smoked copiously whilst recording, he was also syphilitic, despite being monogamous and faithful to his wife. Norman Granz appealed to the draft board on Young's behalf, but to no avail. Young was stationed in Alabama where racism made army life a misery. When pills were found in his possession, a court-martial ordered him to serve a year of hard labor at Fort Gordon in Georgia. When Young was released, it was his friend Norman Granz who organized a recording date in Los Angeles, as well as paying for Young's ticket to California. Young's tone was a striking departure from the accepted full-bodied, dark, heavy variety, with its quick vibrato, because his was light in weight, color, and texture, with a slow vibrato. The swinging, rhythmic feeling in his improvisations was far more relaxed and graceful than that usually heard in the work of others during the 1930s. His lines were streamlined, logical, and refreshingly melodic. The impact of his style was so broad that he has been cited as a favorite by such diverse modern jazz figures as Charlie Parker, Stan Getz, and John Coltrane. Much of the West Coast cool style was a direct product of Lester Young's approach, many saxophonists playing his lines note for note in their own performances. He was so important that singer Billy Holiday called him president of tenor saxophonists, and he was known thereafter as Prez, or Prez. His best-known performances include Taxi War Dance, D.B. Blues, and Lester Leaps In. Young returned to a reinvented jazz scene, beginning to bloom from seeds he had sown. He was able to adapt to the new bebop movement and found fame on jazz at the Philharmonic Tours. Many of his performances are captured on the Jack recordings, including some in 1946 with Billie Holiday. Young, to all intent and purposes appeared to be very successful during this period. His popularity and income grew steadily until he was earning about $50,000 per year. On December 8, 1957, Young appeared with Billie Holiday, Coleman Hawkins, Ben Webster, Roy Eldridge, and Jerry Mulligan in the CBS television special The Sound of Jazz, performing Holiday's tune fine and mellow. It was a reunion with Holiday, with whom he had lost contact over the years. She was also in physical decline, near the end of her career, yet they both gave moving performances. Young Solo was brilliant, acclaimed by some observers as an unparalleled marvel of economy, phrasing and extraordinarily moving emotion, Nat Hedoff, one of the show's producers, later commented, Lester got up, and he played the purest blues I have ever heard in the control room we were all crying. Young made his final studio recordings and live performances in Paris in March 1959 with drummer Kenny Clark at the tail end of an abbreviated European tour during which he ate next to nothing and drank heavily. 
He died in the early morning hours of March 15, 1959, only hours after arriving back in New York, at the age of 49. He is truly missed. On the 17th of March 2003, Young was added to the Escap Jazz Wall of Fame, along with Sidney Bechet, Al Cohn, Nat King Cole, Peggy Lee, and Teddy Wilson. He was represented at the ceremony by his children Lester Young Jr. and Yvette Young. Lester Young is said to have popularized use of the term cool to mean something fashionable.